Do please turn with me tonight to Luke's Gospel and to chapter 2. And our text is found in verse 14. Very familiar words I'm sure many will have received. Greetings with these words written on them. Announcement. A vital message from God to heaven, from God to earth, from heaven to earth, from God to each one of us, a timeless message. Luke 2 verse 14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, goodwill toward men. Our title tonight is Glory, Peace, and Goodwill. There is such an economy of words. When heaven speaks as it does, not a word is wasted. Not a word drops to the ground without it has a meaning, a message for each one of us. The word of God is a vital message. Let's just think for a minute or two the many different ways in which that message comes. Sometimes the word of God says, Thus says the Lord. Such power, such authority. Sometimes it says, hear the word of the Lord. Just in case we're not listening. Maybe we're tired and weary today after a busy day. And the word of God says, hear these words. Sometimes that word, behold, Sometimes that old archaic word, but it's impregnated with so much meaning in the authorized version, Ho! Listen! God is speaking. Listen up. This is God speaking to our souls, and we must listen carefully. Well, we have an announcement tonight. Not from me. It's a major announcement. An announcement that comes at a turning point in history. The world will never be the same after these words. Let's read verse 13. There are signs that this is significant. Let's look at them. Verse 13. Suddenly... The shepherds were there in the field just doing their job, going about on a dark night. Suddenly, we don't get the force of it. Suddenly, everything changed. The heavens opened. A voice from heaven comes down. And a great heavenly host, it calls it a multitude. How many angels? Hundreds. Praising God. A voice to be heard. A light to be seen. The stars lit up. Angels singing. Nobody would miss it. No shepherd would go back to his work. Nobody would miss this announcement. Dr. Luke, who always notes the detail in his doctorly way, 
suddenly there was with the angel, not one angel, many angels, praising God and saying, that's just the preamble. That's just to tell us how important what is there will be coming. There's already been an announcement. Verse 10, the angel has spoken. But I just look at the latter announcement. Verse 14, here's the words, just an economy of words. Glory, peace, goodwill. I don't know whether you ever try to write. It's not something I find particularly easy. But to write succinctly, to write with an economy of words is a great gift. And here in this verse, glory, peace, goodwill. You don't need any more. There is all of heaven opened glory. There is the message from heaven to earth, peace. And there is the blessing of God to each person that wants it, to each person who has a heart to listen, an ear to open to what heaven is about to announce. Isn't that beautiful? This is divine. This isn't human. There's nobody that can write like this. This is the voice of heaven speaking glory, peace, goodwill. No wonder this is a significant announcement. Maybe in the past, in ancient medieval times, there would have been a fanfare of trumpets. The king is coming to town. There's a great announcement about to be made. A new tax, a census, a new king, a new queen. Maybe the red carpet would be rolled out. Today, when there's an announcement, we get a lectern put into 10 Downing Street. It's happened quite a lot this year, hasn't it? I don't know how many times, but a new prime minister and then another new prime minister and then this, that and the other. But that's, those are not announcements. That's just a changing of the guard. That happens every day at Buckingham Palace. But this is to change the whole of history. From Genesis 2, when men and women fell, and the announcement made in Genesis 3 that there will be a Savior, to Luke's Gospel, recording that everything that was promised, every mention of Abraham and the son of Abraham and David and David's son, and every mention of a saviour in every form and shape, parable, God speaking, prophet speaking, every single announcement was just the preliminary for this glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, 
and goodwill toward men. These ordinary shepherds. It's not what you'd expect, isn't it? An ordinary stable, ordinary straw, animals, two ordinary people. And now there's a repeat. It's not in a stable, it's in a field with mud. With animals in the field and not in the house. It's not ordinary Mary and Joseph, it's ordinary shepherds. The very opposite of what you'd expect. But this is God's way. Because he wants to speak in a way that's so plain. It's not highly convoluted. This isn't Buckingham Palace speaking. This is God speaking to the lowest of the low. And that's you and me. That's us. Plain, ordinary sinners. And God speaks to the lowest in a way that nobody is going to miss. Oh, there'll be other signs. There's a brightness in the sky. That's happened before. The bright, shining light. Oh, that will happen again to Saul of Tarsus. Do you know there's a repetition in a way? Every time heaven opens and there's a voice from God, the men, the women, they're frightened. And the voice says, fear not. It's helpful, isn't it? Familiar. Repetition. So we know this is God speaking. Unmistakably. Heaven opens and the message comes from heaven. Do you remember that bright Shekinah cloud. The children of Israel knew it was God. The pillar of fire to lead them and to guide them. Oh, there's unmistakable signs. There was another sign in verse 12. How will we know? You see, the great problem of heaven, if we can call it that, is this world is skeptical. Was it ever more skeptical than now? And that's why God is going to speak in different ways and different methods with signs and wonders and heaven being bright in ways that we will understand unmistakably God speaking. So nobody can say, well, was it God? Was God speaking? Is this God's word or is it just somebody else? No, there will be bright lights, there will be signs, there will be evidences, and there will be testimonies. And we're going to look at them tonight. We're going to look at four or five, if we have time, very briefly. But let's first look at the message that comes, the message from God. It's going to be good news. That's what the world needs. Good news. There it is. Verse 10. I bring you good news. Do you know in the supermarkets, when they're thinking about how to price things, they have this pricing strategy called good, better, and best. You have the own label, Sainsbury's products, they're at a good price. And then you have the better products, and they're a bit more money. 
And then you have the very best, the Fortnum and Mason. You know if you've got a Fortnum and Mason product for Christmas, you know that no expense has been spared. But look at this message in verse 10. You see there's good news. Oh, that's good. But it might not be great news. But it is. It's good news that brings great joy. But even better than that, it might just be for a few people that can afford to shop in Fortnum and Mason. But no, it's to all people. Good, great, universally great. What a message this is from heaven. The angel said unto them, Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy. And we thought this morning of no greater joy, not earthly joy that fades. And this won't be for a few people, not just people from one nation and one town, but to all people. Oh, what wonderful things are coming from heaven. But this is a skeptical world. Do you know more people will reject the message than will hear it? That's sobering, isn't it? A message that's good news, bringing great joy to all people, and the majority of people will reject it. Herod would see it as a threat to his rule. He didn't want another king. He didn't want the king of kings. Many Jews would hear it and they would say, not for me. The Messiah hasn't come. And 98% of the people in this country, maybe, at this time of year, reject the message. Two in a hundred will give it a hearing today. Isn't that sad? Heaven opened in such wonderful ways. Glory shines about. We turn a deaf ear. We're no better than Herod. We see it as a threat. We're no better than the Jews. We want our own self-righteousness even though all the evidence is there before us. We won't listen, we won't hear. Is there somebody tonight? Up until now, you've heard with the head, but not with the heart. Wouldn't you have Christ to speak to you tonight? Well, maybe there's a skeptic still. Even the angels preempt the skeptics. There will be signs following. Let's just put ourselves in the feet on the grass of the shepherds. They hear this, they see it, it's amazing. But how will I know? How can I be sure? Do you know the Lord is so kind? In those days, not now, in those days, whenever they asked for a sign, a sign was given. You would have a sign, it said. You'll find the baby, the king of kings, wrapped in cloth, lying in an animal trough. 
That was beyond understanding. It wasn't something that you'd expect. And they knew. And they were guided by the star, of course, we know. But let me come to these testimonies. Let's just look. The testimonies. How can I know? Well, God, in his mercy and grace, he doesn't just give bright, shining lights. He doesn't just give a clear message. He gives the testimony of a variety of people. We have the angel's testimony. They have heard what happens. They've been and seen with their own eyes. They go to the stable. What do they do? They go around Bethlehem and they tell people, this is what we saw, this is what we heard, and it was exactly what we saw and what we heard were just what we were told and what we were told that we would see. It was exactly a joy from heaven, a saviour born, a, a rescuer, a deliverer, the angels' testimony to the people. And then the shepherds' testimony. Look in verse 20. Here they are. The angels have said what they heard, and they've told Mary these things, and Joseph, and then the shepherds. The shepherds now return, glorifying. The skepticism is gone. And they come praising God for all the things that they had heard and they had seen as it was told unto them. Again and again, the word of God gives a promise and then it's fulfilled. It goes into the ear. It's being seen by the eyes. You see, we're never wanting for evidence. This is the way God deals with us in such tenderness. He gives us things to see, the evidence of God at work. He gives us things to hear, the proof that God will be at work. And they come back, the shepherds. It was just as we thought, just as we were told. It was right. It always is. But then there's another testimony. Down in verse 30, we have an elderly gentleman Somebody who's been waiting, waiting, waiting. He knew the scriptures, he knew the prophecies. He's read the Psalms, he's read the Old Testament scriptures, and he's waiting. This man is a religious man. He's devout, he's just, he's a holy man. Will it be just as we were told? Well, what does he say in verse 30? My eyes have seen thy salvation. It's come. Christ has come down. The Savior that I waited for, he's come. And I've held him in my own arms. I've touched him. I've seen him. It was exactly as I was told. I read, but now I've seen. A third testimony, the angel's testimony, bringing good news from heaven. The shepherd's testimony, everything was just as it was told. 
Simeon's testimony, a man waiting to tick the list of all the prophecies. But verse 33, remember Joseph and Mary. In many ways, they had every reason to be cynical and skeptical because they had to live with the consequences. They had to live with the looks of those who disapproved, of those that thought there had been sin, adultery, a breaking of the marriage vows. Mary, when she heard, she pondered. The shepherds, when they heard, wondered. But now, verse 33, this is the defining testimony of Joseph and Mary. And Joseph and his mother, they marveled at those things which were spoken of him who they could not even see until the child was born. And it was Exactly so. What's their testimony? The testimony of Simeon and Joseph and Mary was, as it says in verse 34, Simeon blessed them and he said unto his, unto Mary his mother, behold this child. And this is radical when you look at what it says. This little baby will be for the falling and the rising again of Israel. Israel is going to have great destruction physically. The Romans and the destruction of Jerusalem will come in AD 70. But there will be a sign as it was promised and it will be just as it was promised in the Old Testament. It goes on, verse 34 and verse 35, together. Yea, a sword shall pierce through, now it's speaking spiritually, through your own soul. You'll understand that all the thoughts will be read by this child of every single one that will rise to believe to believe that the things that God has promised will be just as it was promised. A sword will convict the heart of sin and of our need of a saviour. And this little child will be that saviour. But there's one more testimony. Let's just look briefly. An elderly woman now. Verse 36. There was one Anna, the fifth testimony the angels, the shepherds, Simeon, Joseph and Mary together, and now Anna. There was one Anna. She was known. She was the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asa. She was of great age. And here she is. She is looking. She is waiting. Will the Savior come? For me, in my old age? Well, she says in verse 38, And she coming in, she had been to the temple. She was waiting. She was saying her prayers day and night. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise 
unto the Lord. Likewise, with Mary and Joseph and Simeon, verse 38, and spake of him to all that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. You see, there were those pious Jews waiting for the Savior to come. The angels announced it. The shepherds saw it and witnessed and told all in the town the testimony of those that saw it with their own eyes, Simeon, Joseph and Mary, and now Anna. Do you see layer upon layer upon layer of evidence, sign upon sign, prophecy upon prophecy. And there we come in verse 39, and we'll finish with this. They were looking for the redemption in Jerusalem, for the Savior to come to the place where it was promised. Verse 39, And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee. Everything was done just as it was promised. And the child, Christ, grew. And he waxed strong in spirit. Isn't it astonishing? that from the time that the Savior was born, there was one brief reference here when he was 12 and another one when he went to Passover age 12, 13. And that's all we know about the Savior until he gets to the age of 30. 30 years with just a few moments in his life recorded because nothing else matters. He's proved that he is the Savior. He's proved that he's the Son of God. He's proved that he has the authority of heaven. And now the only things that will matter can wait until he reaches the age of 30. And he starts his ministry to prove again his authority, his power, his divinity, and then his death upon the cross. His birth, his life, compressed mostly into three years, and then his death. Here is the one who will be for the fall and the rise of all those that look for the redemption of Israel. As we close, we mentioned three words at the beginning. What were those three words? Glory as the Savior is announced from heaven. Glory is revealed. The bright shining light. Heaven speaking. Angels coming. Heaven is opened. The second word was peace. Until then, peace wasn't possible. Now peace comes from heaven to earth because the Savior's here. But then there's the third word, goodwill. Our translation is perhaps a bit awkward here. It means this, goodwill towards men, those whose God's favor will sit upon because they have looked to him, 
there will be the blessing of heaven. That's the literal translation. God's favor rests upon all that look to him. Do you remember Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord? Everyone that looks to him, his favor will rest upon them, and they will know him as Lord and Savior. Have you looked to him? Does God's favor rest upon you? Glory from heaven. Peace. That's what we desperately need. Peace and the goodwill of God's blessing upon all who look to him for favor. We come to another year. What a year this has been. We didn't expect the year that closes. A year when so many have died. A year when so many have been bereaved. A year where we've been shaken again. 